What's up, everybody? My name is Lamont, and welcome back to the God is My Source podcast, where we bridge the gap between God, money, business, family, relationships, while keeping it real. I got the beautiful Michelin on the line today from Chicago, Illinois. Chicago in the building. We thank her for coming on here and talking to us today, giving us some insight. Kingdom woman. She all about the success, all about finding your purpose. So we're going to open up with a word of prayer and we're going to get started. Father God, in the name of Jesus, Lord, we thank you for this day. We honor you and praise you. We thank you for everything you've done, everything you've taken us through to get to this point. We ask you to touch souls tonight so that we can be able to get to their minds, change their mindset, help them find their purpose so that they can know what you have called them to do. We thank you that you have been such a blessing to us and keeping us on track so that we can be able to fulfill the purpose that you have sent us down here to fulfill. We thank you for each and every assignment that you've given us. We don't complain. We just want to thank you for each and every opportunity you give us to touch souls, be the light, and bring people back to Christ. We ask you to talk through us today so that we can be able to bring people closer to you. And we give you the praise and honor and the glory each and every day. It is on the Selby. Amen. 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 Miss Michelin on the line from Chicago, Illinois. I met this young lady in David Shan's podcast group. So we had a podcast challenge. We all jumped in there. We all wanted to get our podcast started. And we all know that David is the GOAT of the podcast right now. Yeah. So we wanted to learn from the GOAT. And we was able to make a personal connection. I like what she got going on with the silent fight. And I wanted to bring her on the line so she can talk to us, help us get to know our purpose a little bit more so that we can assist other people, bring people back to Christ, help people put God first so we can live an abundant life. So let's talk to Miss Michelin right quick. Who is Michelin? Where are you from? What's your background? What's your testimony? So um, my name is Michelin. And people call me. I'm so sorry. It's fine. You Michelin the whole time. (laughs) She didn't even correct me. It's okay. Um, Everybody called me Misty, so that's fine as well. I'm from the north side of Chicago. Um, I was raised by both my mother and my father in separate homes. So uh, contrary to what people believe, you can be successful at co-parenting. I saw my parents do it every day. My dad passed away when I was 27 years old and I never witnessed him disrespecting my mother, uh, talking down on my mother, demeaning my mother, or even using my mother. So um, I have a strong sense of what a strong co-parenting relationship is supposed to be. I wasn't closer to my dad or my mom. I was blessed to be close with both of my parents. Um, I'm a single mother myself. I have two children. I have an 18-year-old. I have a 14-year-old. I have two boys. Um, I was with their dad for about 13 and a half years. And I learned a lot in that time. I learned a lot about co-parenting and just coexisting in this world with another individual that you are somehow tied to, right? Without being bloodline, but in a sense, we are blood. And just um, throughout my walk 
as being a single mother, I grew stronger. Um, I made a decision when I was 19 years old, when I first seen my son take his first breath, that I was going to give him any and everything that I could. And from the time he turned five months old, I've been working. I haven't been unemployed. It doesn't matter what you ask me that I could do. I'm always say yes, as long as it means that I could take care of my children. So I always tell people that I would do anything to take care of my children legally. Um, I got my degree in criminal justice. I put myself through school when I had my second son. Because uh, like I tell everybody, Kevin, which is my first son, my 18 year old, he made me a mother, but Messiah made me a woman. And so Messiah taught me how to not be selfish and how to get up and go get it and just explore different things in life because now I have a second son. And so now I really got to get out and get it because I could stay at home with my mom with Kevin, because it's just a young girl and a baby. Now I got two kids. Now Kevin is getting older, and now I have to decide if I want them to look at my mother as mother or grandmother. Mm. And so I had to, I put myself through school, and at the time, from 19 to 24, uh, I've always been blessed to have a well-paying job. For some reason, when I had Messiah, I just couldn't find a job. And I said, okay, God, whatever job you give me, I'll take it. And I'll stay. I won't object. I'll stay. I'll stay until you tell me that it's time for me to go. And I was laying in my sister's room one day, and she had went to school to be a medical assistant. She had a certification. And a company called her and they told her that she would have to deal with people that have developments with disabilities and she would have to change diapers and she would have to feed them. And she was like, I'm not about to do that. I didn't go to school to work in a nursing home. And I woke up out of my sleep and I said, I'll do it. Would they, would they give it to me? And she said, um, well, if I know somebody that that's willing to take the position, are you willing to interview them? And they said, yes. And I went to that job and I was very, very, I don't know if dainty is the word, kind of like an airhead, mm-hmm. like, you know, Ugh, I don't want to touch that. And I don't, nails done, hair done, lashes, everything, toes, everything, right? But when I got there, I had to, change diapers. I had to deal with people that was drooling. I had to deal with people that had developmental disabilities. I've always been afraid of people that was blind. And one of the main residents there was blind. And she used to literally chase me around. And I would be shaking. And I just kept looking at Kevin and Messiah. And I just kept saying, I can't fail. I can't, I can't fail. I remember the stench of the place was so bad. I used to have to put tissue in my nose. I used to have to put tissue in my nose. And I would be so afraid leaving the training room, just trying to make it to the break room without these people touching me or following me. Like it was to the point where my family was taking bets on how long would I stay there, right? And 
I ended up staying there for three years. That job was probably like 12,000 a year at the time. I think I cleared 40,000. That's how much I was in there. And throughout that time, I put myself through college for both of my children at home with me. I would literally, because I got an apartment up the street from my mom. So I would literally go home on my break, take like an hour break. I wouldn't take it like 30 minutes in each shift because I was doing 16. So I would take an hour, hour and a half. I would go home, bathe my kids or feed them or just get that time with them, right? And then make it back to work. And then get off work. And I did this routine over and over again for three years after myself through college. Mm. And, And I just, I've been moving forward ever since. I um I had when I got pregnant with Messiah was was 24. I had just turned 24. And all my life my dad told me, don't let no man keep you barefoot and pregnant. Don't be a person that that accepts uh welfare. Don't don't just sit around and wait 30 days for a check. He said, even if you get a, a small check every Friday, it's better than sitting around letting somebody do something for you. And so my whole pregnancy, I never applied for Section 8. I never applied for a link card. I did my first kid, I didn't even want to apply for for WIC. One of my neighbors talked me into doing it, right? But uh, when I got pregnant with Messiah. My, my sister-in-law, she said, well, why don't you apply for, for Section 8 in Racine, Wisconsin? You don't have to be there. And I said, bet, I'll do that. I filled out the application. So I ended up losing my job at the, at the nursing home and because um, I got into it with the supervisor. Never got written up, never did anything. This lady was literally picking on me. And when I lost the job, I had never claimed unemployment before. Mm-hmm. And so mm-hmm. and so everybody was telling me to claim unemployment, claim unemployment. My mama said, claim unemployment. And so I said, all right, because I always listen to my mama. And so I went to do the research on unemployment and it said, you'll get denied if it has to do with conduct. So arguing and getting into it is conduct is what I would think, right? And so I told my mom, I said, that, they ain't gonna give me no unemployment because I got into it with the supervisor. That's conduct all day. And she just said, Missy, God don't make no mistakes. It's time for you to sit down with your children. Sit down with your children. You never know what he got for you. She said, you've been at that place for three years. You've been putting your all into it. It's time to sit down. And I listened to mama and I went and I got unemployment and I got a check that was more than my overtime check. And I never missed a payday, if mm. that makes sense. I never missed a payday. And I ended up being able to stay on unemployment for two years. Mm. Six months before my unemployment ended, my lease was up. And I didn't even know my unemployment was going to be up because I could afford the market rent with the money I was getting. And some say, check on, check on your Section 8. I was number three on the list. Mm. And so I just rolled the wave. I called the people. I said, okay, I'm number three. 
So what does that mean? Does that mean like a year, two years, three years? And she was like, number three, we give you about 90 days. We'll be calling you. I called my mom. I was so excited. And I, and I, and our MapQuest, you know, MapQuest was big back then. Our MapQuest racing was constant. And it was only an hour and a half away from my mama and my brothers and sisters. So I said, okay, told my mama. And I just rode the wave with the lease telling the lady like, I don't, you know, I don't know if I can pay the rent. I didn't know, you know, I ended up getting the eviction, but long story short, I ended up getting my, my section eight. And, um, that was back in 2012. Mm. And when I, when I moved to Racine, when I moved to Racine, I had my section eight, I had a nice place, man, I lost my car and my unemployment stock the same week, mm. <laughs> the same week. I said, oh, my God. So now I got to swallow my pride again. I got to go and try to find me a job. But I need some income because now I got no income. I'm out of town by myself. So I end up going up to the, um, the aid office to go get a link card and go and get some cash. So when I went to talk to the people, they seen all my credentials. I had already put myself to school. I just had my got my degree in criminal justice. And she's like, um... Well, since you already got your degree, we're not going to make you do the volunteer class. You know how they do. They make you do 40 hours of volunteer just to get the check. And so what I had to do was I had to do word search. I mean, work search. I had to do 40 hours a week of work search every two weeks and turn in my certificate. And so somebody told me, of course, everybody know how to beat the system. Just use career builder and go and do the, the quick apply. So that's what I did. And the school bus called me. And I was like, huh, I don't know. I don't want to drive a school bus. But then, you know, part of me is like, I'm not a, a welfare recipient, not by choice. You know what I'm saying? So I said, all right, well, I'm just going to head on the interview. And I said, all right, well, I guess people want me to know. Literally, this is what I'm saying. I guess people want me to know about the history of their company. So I just go head on and I research the company, look up the company. First thing stand out is that you could bring your kids to work. Ding, ding, ding. I'm sold. Mm-hmm. I'm sold, right? And so I go to the interview. Now I'm taking it serious because now I'm, I'm out of town. I don't got to worry about nobody. I can get Kevin and McFire bring with me every day. And so I go to the interview and they say, so tell me about one thing, one problem that you've had and you solved it successfully. I said, right here. <laughs> I moved out of town by myself. I don't know anybody. And the one thing that I took away from your website is that I could bring my kids to work. So it's a no-brainer. That's why I want to be at your company. So end up getting a job. But I didn't really get the job. I got the job, but what the school bus companies don't tell you is that you don't start getting paid until you get your CDL permit. So I'm like, oh my God. Now I'm out here. I cannot afford to to just (laughs) give nobody no time for free. I got two kids, right? So I ended up going to going to the class, one day of classroom time, I said, well, what do I need to get my permit? And they said, just go up there and pass the test. When you get your permit, then we can put you behind the wheel. I said, bet. 
I went to the class. I mean, I went to the DMV right after class was over. Never studied CDL, nothing. Honest to God, truth. I was the only one past the test. I was the only one past the test. Glory. Only only one passed the test. Glory. Only one passed the test. And I and, and I got on the payroll. But that story was everything that I am because it seems like all the pieces literally just started falling into place and falling into place and falling into place. And everything was elevation and 2012, I got my section eight to help me with my two children. In 2017, I walked away from it. That's five years. I gave it away. I gave it away. I told I don't even want it. They was calling me, well, Ms. Brooks, don't you know you need to, you need to come in and rethink this. You know, you got little kids. I couldn't believe they were begging, literally begging me. I thought they would just stop calling me. <laughs> you know, I did, you know, but I, I went and I talked to my mom. And I said, I don't want to live like this no more. I want to live like this. I've, I've never stopped working. From the moment that I got Section 8, I, I never stopped working. I always, I've always held employment. I've always hustled for myself. And my mom used to say, you don't even, you don't even have to work that hard. Just sit down. And I said, no. I, can't, I, I don't want to do this for the rest of my life. And I didn't. And in 2017, I walked away from it. I walked away from it. I walked away from it. And I told her, I said, I, I, had a, I was with my husband at the time. I'm recently single. And I said, if I got a partner, it's time for me to give somebody else a chance. That's only going to help me up my hustle. That's all is I have to do it now. I'm going to take away the option. I'm, a, I'm going to apply this pressure to life, right? And everything was fine until my mother just died. Mm. My mother just died. Everything was going according to plan. And my mother died without without notice I ain't had no notice I didn't I didn't have the my mother had cancer she just was gone <laughs> she had surgery and everything just went crazy you know, haywire mm. right and uh my mother had been pouring into me. This is why the, the silent fight, and you see her name up here, Francine Neal, the purple, everything, that, that's all dedicated to my mom. Everything is for her. So, uh, so I had been, been really, really, really looking for my purpose. Like, I've been looking for my purpose for like, since 2014. I've been like on a journey to find it. Like the question was, what is my purpose? Because that story that I told you about passing the CDL, that is my story. It's not a test that I can't pass. That's a, that's a blessing that I have. But I start looking at it like a blessing, but a curse. Because I'm getting older. I have this diverse resume. 
you know, and, and they tell us that when you go to apply for jobs, they want you to be one place long term. And I'm wondering, like, why I can't get no job? I got all these different things. That's not what the jobs are looking for. They, they're looking for stability. According to man, I'm very unstable, right? So I got a job. Uh, about four years ago, working in a psychiatric facility because I wanted to keep my husband off the streets. And I do income taxes. And so it was in between tax season. And I said, well, I can't have you going to the street because I know men have this thing in them where they have to provide. And I know that I'm just working for myself. I don't have to not be employed. It's a choice. So now I choose to go provide for my household in this manner, right? And when I got there, literally in training, I called my mom and I said, you got your wish. She, she has always told me I need to be a counselor or a teacher. And I, I didn't never think that that's what I was going to do. So I started playing this podcast thing and I wanted to create a TV show and I kept saying, I'm going to go back to school and get my PhD in psychology. So this is the plan that me and my mom had. And as life was elevated, she gone. She, she gone. Every day I have to wake up without this lady in my life. And so, so now I'm sitting back and I'm like, what's up? Now me and God got to have a conversation because, okay, you said you're not going to put more on me than I could bear. Mm -hmm. And I can't, I, I can't, I can't do this. This one I can't do. I don't quite know, you know, I didn't endure it a lot in this life, but I don't really know what to do with this guy. I don't know. I don't know what to do. You come on, I need you to talk to me. And I'm not talking about subliminal. I need you to talk to me and let me know what's up. And all I kept hearing is, your time is now. She can't, she couldn't go with me. I needed her on the other side. You see what I'm saying? In order to fulfill destiny and my purpose and my assignment I needed her over there and and I don't know if that's just what I tell myself to get through but that's what I believe and so now my mission and everything that I do is for my mama it's for my mother the world is gonna know about Francine Neal but since she's already transitioned it's up to me to do it. So I do lashes and I do, when I do my lashes, my mother was born 1959. And so I only charge people $59 at most. And when you pay $59, you have to tell me why that's why I charge that. And you have to say my mother's name as a promo code or you're going to pay full price. You know what I'm saying? And, um, I just, everything, everything is just for my mom. Everything is for my mom because my mother was 
a 700-pound Black woman that laid in the bed for the last 25 years. And to the naked eye, she would just be a fat Black woman that just didn't amount to anything. Society failed to raise her children on CHA. But that's a lie. And I don't want my mother to be chalked up as that. Because her assignment was to become disabled and it was to nurture her children the way that she did so that she can give us a voice to change the world for our people. And I believe that wholeheartedly. So everything that embodies me is my mother and I'm determined for the world to know her because she was so much more than that. And that's who Miss Shaleen is. Amen. Amen. That was an amazing <laughs> testimony. You you overcome so you overcame so much. All I kept hearing was perseverance. Perseverance. She perseverance. Perseverance. One if one thing was another, and you coming back from it, you came from public housing. You came from moving to from public housing, and then you went to the job field to somewhere that you didn't had no expertise in at all driving buses mm-hmm. then you left the buses go to the psychiatric ward mm-hmm. dealing with we talking about they talking about demons yeah. i'm already knowing what time it was up in and there. they were children from six to 22 <sighs> from six to 22 and in three years i became a supervisor i became one of the strongest supervisors in the building. I became a a self-defense trainer where I taught classes about verbal de-escalation. Became the best trainer because it's everything that I do. I figured out my purpose now. It's not hard to use my words to do anything because I learned that that was my power. That's my superpower. Mm -hmm. And I use it in everything that I do. And where you got people coming in this building and they leaving out, head busted, leaking, screaming, anxiety. I'm just walking out like, see you tomorrow. Been here 16 hours. I'm just doing what God gave me. I'm, I'm doing, I'm using my words. I'm leading with love. I'm, I'm letting the biggest part of me lead everything in my life. And that's my heart. That's my heart. I'm, I'm not, I'm not single because my husband cheated on me, because he beat me up, because he stole my money, because he was on drugs, because he didn't work, because he touched my kids, is because he disrespected my heart. Mm. And that wasn't good enough for me. I don't like to be with people that make me feel bad. My heart and my mind is my strongest asset. I don't let people disrespect that at all, because as you've seen, I have to be mentally strong to get through this life. But I got to have a balance of love. People say, use your head, not your heart. Use your heart, not your head. They both have to align. They have to align. And if I'm with somebody and the alignment is out of whack, you can't be for me. You can't be for me because God knows my heart. He gave it to me. Why ever would he create a man that's going to tear me down and disrespect me? I don't believe that. I don't believe that. I don't believe in a ride or die. I'm your ride or die as long as we ride in the same wavelength. 
As long as we head in the same direction, I'm your ride or die. Once that stops, I, I got to go. I wish you well. I'm going to bow out gracefully. <laughs> That's real. I, 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 I mean, I can't, I can't go against that because you just <laughs> identify something. Because I'll be hearing some of the stuff that you wouldn't be saying. And it, it, sometimes it don't add up. It sounds a little selfish to me. But what you just said made a whole lot of sense. Because, I mean, the Bible tells us that the husband, he said, husbands, love your woman like Christ loved the church. Wives, submit to your husband. How you going to submit if he don't love you? I can't. I can't do it. <laughs> I can't do it. Nobody wants to be, like I tell people, like you said, persevering, being strong. You know how much I hear that? You know how much I hear that? This is just this little snippet. I'm 38. Can you imagine the things that I've ducked in my life, I've overcome in my life? I almost died from exhaustion back in 2018 because I went to go get a minor uh, procedure cyst removed and the, the doctor said my heart and my lungs just started slowing down. Mm. And when I explained to him my life, he said, your body was exhausted. You know, but nobody wants to be this strong all the time. Mm -hmm. Nobody wants to do this. So when they say God give his, his toughest battles to the strongest soldiers. I believe that. And, and, and now that I'm getting older, I started telling people, I can't fake weakness like you can't fake strength. It's not in me. Mm. I don't know how to play the brokenhearted girl. I don't, I don't know how to sit up and say it happened. I believe wholeheartedly that I have a choice in everything that I do. They teach you in church the power of the tongue, the power of the word. They said, if I rest gently in his will, nothing will he withhold from the righteous. I know I live a righteous life. So when I'm going through this, I always tell people it's just my storm. No test, no testimony. No test, no testimony. I believe that. I believe that. And I believe it so wholeheartedly because now that I reflect that both of my parents are gone. My dad, every time something happened, I never seen him make excuses about anything. He accepts every consequence for every choice. But more importantly, the things that he could not change, I would always hear him chanting the serenity prayer all my life. That was always his response. And my mom, on the other hand, everything happened for a reason, Missy. Everything happened for a reason, Missy. So I've adapted that mentality. My mom was in the bed, 700 pounds, I'm telling you, where most people would have accepted any man in her life just to say she had a man. People could beat on her, disrespect her, take her money. She wasn't for none. We had beauticians come to my mother's bedside. If you was not able to braid hair from a hospital bed, we would not hire you. Mm. My mother got her nails and toes done. She had the dentist come out to her bedside. My mother is who taught me how strong my voice was because guess what? That's all she had. That's all she had. She couldn't get up and go fight no battle. She was in the bed. But when she get on that phone, when I tell you when that lady get on that phone, she can move mountains. I watched it. One day I called her from the hospital. I had surgery. And 
I said, I couldn't get no words out. My auntie and my uncle was with me and my stomach was hurting and they was trying to force me out the hospital with my last, last ounce of strength. I said, call my mama. When I got my mama on the phone, I just started crying. Mama, they won't give me no medicine. She said, hold on, let me call you back. Mm. I, I swear to you, when, it, when that nurse came in there, they, they gave me something that knocked me out for the next 24 hours. <laughs> Let's go, huh? That lady wasn't no joke when it came to her voice. You wasn't about to shut her up. And this is where I get it from. This is where I get it from. So I wasn't taught to have a pity party. I wasn't taught to sit down and, and wallow in my sorrows. I, I never seen my mother cry until the last 90 days of her life. Hmm. The last 90, I, my mother died March 16th. I have not slept since March 16th. Because I have like PTSD from, I've never heard this lady cry. I've never heard her cry even when her mother died and her mother and her was just as close, if not closer than me and her. When her father died, never brother died. Never, never heard her when we were sick. I'd never seen her. She just right to it. Action, action. Something going on, action. Mama's sick. We got to move out the house. We got to bring in here. Let's go. We got to move mama in here. She got cancer. We got to do chemo. You got to take out of school. It was always a plan of action. So. That's where I get it from. So that's why the world needs to know where I get it from. I don't deserve this credit. She does. She gave it to me. Hmm. Amazing. <laughs> so what led to uh, the last game? I know y'all making that cash in the last game, but what led to the last game? You come from the psychiatric hospital, then you just was like, I'm about to go into business for myself. Uh, well, I've been doing business for myself. I've been uh, having an income tax company. I have an income tax company as well. Okay. Um, but the last game was because I just sat up one day and I said, I never office, offered a service to anybody. Simple. I didn't offer a service to anybody. And if it could be learned how to do, I could do it. So I sat and I thought, I ain't about to go back and do no hair. I don't like doing hair. I already know how to do that, but I don't like to do it. I don't want to deal with eyebrows because that's too tedious and not lashes. Look around you. In today's society, probably one in five, if not three in five women have lashes. on. It just was like a no-brainer. I found me a school, and then I went and got my certification, and then I started doing lashes. But I don't even really do it as much as I do everything else. I just got my hand a little bit of everything. I got you. So how many businesses do you have now? 12 or 13. <laughs> 12. So it was, it's funny. One of my friends, because now, now everything. So, so before what I was telling you was all about survival. Mm-hmm. Now I'm strategic in everything I do. So where I thought that I was just scattered all over the place, everything actually just fit together in my puzzle. And so I've had all these businesses and now one just relates to the next. Like I got taxes. I'm about to open up a daycare. Uh, I'm a first aid CPR instructor. I do the podcast. I have life coaching. I'm about to do my certification for a firearms instructor. Um, I have a registered truck company. I do credit repair. I do 
business bookkeeping and business startup services. I also sell weight loss products and I'm a, a, a registered consultant for Mary Kay. Mm. So, <laughs> and a friend of mine had me actually write it all down because we were talking and I was saying, I need to get some more money. And he's like, well, what businesses you got? And I said, oh, I forgot about the CPR first aid instructor cert certificate that I got. And he was like, why don't you take a minute and write everything down? So that's what made me do that list. <laughs> coming in with the assets, coming in with the service-based, product-based business. She was like, hey, I'm not about to play with them. I'm about to make this money, money work for me. We talking multi, multi, multi. Hey. Yeah. <laughs> I, I need to get, I need to get one of them buttons and do do the hand claps or something for that because that's <laughs> hey that's no because you come from you come from you come from the mud you come from public house in Chicago yeah. Illinois we already know what time it is what's going on in Chicago yeah. you around yeah. you I'm 30 38 we we already know what's happening we, they yeah. start playing with the guns around mm -hmm. our age coming up and you was able to come from that yeah everybody seen hardball. That's where we, yeah. like, that's where the world got to see, like, how, how the Chicago children really interact is. in Chicago yeah. when it comes to the, the, the violence, the gang violence, yeah. and projects. You coming from Project Living, and you went across the way. You went an hour away from the crib. Nobody know you. You, you probably in the middle, not the, I ain't gonna say, because Wisconsin, was that the middle of nowhere? Because I know they got Milwaukee, but everything else really. Yeah, it was really nothing. Right outside of Waukegan, right outside of Grays Lake, over there where nothing is nothing. The best job out there is industrial, factory, or drugs. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, be engaged in one or the other. So it ain't, you're not going nowhere fast in Wisconsin. You're not going anywhere fast. I remember I got sick out there when I was saying my stomach was hurting. My mom. I got sick out the blue and had to be rushed to surgery in Wisconsin. And the lady said, Micheline, we gotta, we gotta take you now. We can't. I said, you can't take me now. Kevin and Messiah at school. <laughs> you, you can't. <laughs> she said, she said, no, but you don't get it. This is life or death. I said, well, I'm gonna die anyway if I don't know what's going on with my children. So mm -hmm. I made her stop. I got in my car. I called the school so they could have the boys ready, called my mom, told her what was going on, drove up to Illinois, dropped the boys off, and then went back to have emergency surgery. Was that when you had, when the near-death situation happened? No, that that was back then. This is this I didn't have so many close calls. So when you say you want me to give a testimony for God, that's, I can... <laughs> I can do that with no, no. I have thing. somebody shouting in here. Yeah, I mean, like <laughs> when I tell you, when I tell you, God has been so amazing to me. I've been a single mother. It has not been a time, and both of them have the same dad. And um, it it has not been a time that he has been a strong support system for my children. But God is so amazing that I I, I talk to God. Early on, when I had Kevin, probably he was probably two, and I had went through the, the child support process, and that just wasn't working. This wasn't working, and I said, "Okay, God, 
I will leave this man alone if you just help me provide for my children. I don't care about child support. Just and, and I and I promise you that my children have never felt a struggle. All of my struggles were behind their back. Even when I had to move, even when I had to move because I couldn't afford it. God blessed me with better. So it just made sense to my kids. <laughs> it made sense to my children. And so every day and everything that I do, everything, I want the world to know my mom, but more importantly, I have to change this world as best I can. I got to leave my kids here. I got to leave my kids here. Leave and, them and I got to leave them in the midst of everything that I accomplished. It's personal for me. When you see me talking, this is why I don't I don't do my show pre-recorded. First of all, I'm lazy, believe it or not. But second of all, I know that I have a voice and I can deliver it in a way that nobody else can. And there's a lot of things that I'm not educated about. But one thing you can't deny is the passion I have behind everything I do. And that's what I want to give to my people. That's what I want to do to anybody that I encounter. Anytime you see Micheline, every time you see Missy, every time you see my face, every time you hear my name, every time you hear my voice, I want you to feel something, something positive. And so that's my plan to change the world one heart at a time. No, that's that's definitely important because somebody right now is going to be listening to this. They in a rut right now. They in a position to where they feel so far behind they in survival mode to the utmost. But then they looking on social media. They looking out here. They seeing all these people different doing these different things. And they just can't figure out why they can't get to their next step. But as Micheline was telling us, you got to persevere to the end. The Bible tell us that the, the race won't go to the swift nor the battle to the strong. And so she knew what she had. She knew her gifts. She knew her talent. She knew her skills. She knew how to hound these gifts, talents, and skills. She talked to God in 2014, said, God, what is my purpose? What am I here for? She understood that her voice was what she had. And she took that and went to the next level. She started to create different businesses behind this. Sometimes your business don't have nothing to do with what you think your skills is. Sometimes, because what I'm getting from her is she's the leader in the room. She's the one putting people in position to win. She's the motivator. She's the one being the change agent in the room. She's coming in. She's like, all right, I know y'all need to do this. I'm going to delegate this. I'm going to do this. Because she said she got 12 businesses. There's no way she can run all 12 of them by herself. So what she has is she has responsible people and she put them in position. So she's able to put other people into their purpose so that they can generate income for their family, rely on God, trust God. She pouring into people. I'm sure she has some ministry involved in this, the silent fight. I, I make sure y'all check out her uh, podcast. She go live. You go live every Sunday, right? Every Sunday at 9 p.m. Central. She go yeah. live every Sunday. Hey, I was. She got the success formula. I'm telling you right now, she got the success <laughs> formula. Any okay. single single mothers, single women that need need some motivation, man. Yeah. Make sure you check her out because 
one thing is I learned, I was looking at my phone because I need to find these notes. Mm-hmm. A great preacher was telling us one day, he said, it's five levels to wealth. You got provision, sufficiency, abundance, then you got wealth and riches, then you got generational wealth. When you're in the, in the provision stage, you're just trying to make ends meet. You're trying to make it happen. You're in survival mode. You're trying to just, just see what you can do. Mm-hmm. And you're in sufficiency. That's when you're able to make payments, but sometimes you lacking, sometimes you behind, but you 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 able to do things at a steady rate where you know what's coming in, you know what's going out, you're able to provide for your family. But then you got that next step is abundance. Abundance is where you have more than enough to mm-hmm. provide what for what you have. Mm-hmm. You're saving a little bit more. You're able to do different things, maybe start a business, maybe create some more income, do some investments. But mm-hmm. then those investments, they lead to wealth and riches if you do it the proper way. That's why you got to know your purpose. We only got 24 hours in a day. So if you go to work at a job that you hate, and you sleep eight hours, you already 16 hours down the drain. So if we talking about budgeting, we talking business, you got to budget your time like you budget your money. So now you got eight hours to feed your kids, travel to work, mm-hmm. eat, prepare the food, maybe try to work out if you think you can. Most people, they just want to be happy. So they watching TV, they on social mm-hmm. media, they pick up a drink. You ain't even incorporated prayer in this. You ain't incorporated reading this word. And God is the one who's going to tell you what to do with your skills. Mm-hmm. So you can't even get to the abundance level until you really know your purpose. I mean, you can have a job and get to the abundance level. You got people mm-hmm. who make hot six figures and that might be mm-hmm. their purpose. Mm-hmm. But if you wake up every day and you hate going where you going, it's Monday, you like, I can't wait till the weekend. I used to, I'll be at work and they used to be like, thank God it's Friday. I used, to, I hate the phrase, thank God it's Friday. <laughs> or I can't wait till the weekend. Because that lets me know that you only here to get your paycheck yeah. to provide. So you basically relying on somebody else to provide for you. So how do yeah. you expect to get to the next level? So then when you make the proper moves, you know what you're supposed to do. Now you got some extra money and then you get the wealth and riches by making these investments. Rich people, they got a whole nother, they got a leg up above most people because they got this thing. You probably know, yeah, you know what it is, accredited investors. So if anybody watching this, they don't know what a accredited investor is. This is why they rich and most of us is broke because they have a rule, a law set in place that if you can't invest in companies and programs and different things before they go public or before they hit the market or whatever, even real estate, different projects, you these projects, before they hit flourishing, if you just got an idea, say Tesla, Elon Musk come to you and say he wanted to do Tesla. You can't invest in this unless you hit these credentials. You have to have a million dollar net worth you and your spouse make $300,000 a year and they want to see your tax returns for the last three to five years, or you yourself make a quarter million dollars a year and they checking your 
tax return for the last three to five years. And if you don't hit this mark, these are the qualifications for them to even say you can invest in these companies, these programs, these real estate investments. But these investments is pulling in 10x, 20x. Sometimes they won't even invest unless they know it's going 100x. Mm -hmm. So imagine if you invest 100,000, 1 million, 2 million, $30 million into a project you know you're not going to see the money for about between 8 to 15 years, but mm-hmm. you know what's... You know but what's return good. on it is so good. <laughs> that's when you the wealth and riches when you bringing that in. And then that's gener- then generational wealth is when you can su- uh, successfully provide for your family for two generations and nobody got to work or nothing. So I didn't know that. I didn't know that's what that was. Yes, two generations. So that's why, and it's funny because the Bible tells us, it's funny, people don't want to listen to this. People want to be so, so subjective to this. I tell, Mm -hmm. I told people on my platform, they need to get the the MacArthur Study Bible. This Bible. Yeah, I want to get that. You got this? No, I want to get it. I've never even seen it before. This got all the excerpts in it. Like, crazy. I got the large print, like I'm old or something, but I ain't old. (laughs) The devil is a lie. I can see. But the excerpts in here, like, it's crazy. We learned this Bible. Mm-hmm. God told me one day, you learn my, my word and you put your time in me instead yeah. of trying to put your time in trying to make money and yeah. trying to do this, making relationships work with women and trying to make sure your friends like you. If you put your time in me, I'll multiply your time just like the Acorn app. And invest your money by itself when it take your change. Absolutely. He said, Absolutely. I'll show you what to do with your time. I'll show but you what to do. If he don't show you what to do with your time, you just gonna be thinking you know what to do with your time. Because what they say, the steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord. Come on now. Come on now. <laughs> this is a generational wealth. He say a good man provides for his children's about provides an inheritance for his children's children that's generational wealth that's what everybody preaching mm-hmm. but i mean i'm not against nobody you can spend your money on what you want to spend it on but like i just said these people spending money on they wearing wranglers and polo walmart i see them all the time at sam's club mm-hmm. they in there they they getting all their clothes for the winter they all their clothes for the summer all their clothes <laughs> Why? Because they about to make these investments. Yes, yes, make the term yes. for their children's children. Yes, yes. And I think that's the great thing about the times that we live in now. The same thing that people are so afraid of. It has given us an amazing opportunity because we don't have to just talk one to one. We could talk to millions and millions and millions of people, whoever can hear about us, can type our name in, and we can get this message to unlimited amount of people. We can touch unlimited amount of countries. And so when I come across people, if they're not serious about what it is that they do, I'm not going to judge you. You're just not for me. Mm. I heard somebody say, my vibe will attract my tribe. I believe that. Mm. I believe that. I really, really believe that. And so you have to be aware of your purpose but you have to be strong enough. You got to be strong enough to walk away from those that do not benefit your purpose. 
Mm. And so when my relationship broke up, I didn't cry about it. My feelings was hurt because I thought like, God, I thought I was done with this. I thought I was done with this dating thing, right? But I can't sit around and cry and say it didn't work. I can't play the brokenhearted girl. I know that if it did not work, it was not supposed to work. Mm -hmm. And so I believe now after this last relationship that we don't know who our soulmate is. I now believe that we won't know who our soulmate is until our soul transitions. <laughs> so that will be who my soulmate is. <laughs> Who's with me when I close my eyes for the last time? Mm. A person who's there to the end. To the end. That's to the cool. literal end. That's <laughs> <laughs> I never looked at it like that. I honestly, I've been and I've been preaching to people all the time about like when you, you better know what you're doing because when you close your eyes, you're gonna see that dark, you're gonna see that light. And yeah. it's all gonna be based on how you yeah. it ain't even about treating people, how you brought people to Christ. How you brought them, how you brought them. And that's what is funny that so I got tattoos and you know, I, I had kids young and I curse a lot, right? But I even been checking myself on that. And, and how I've been checking myself on that is because I'm like, I need my mom on the other side. But to believe that my mom can help me is to believe that my mom can hit it on cursing. Mm. And I don't curse around my mama. And even in death, I respect her that much. I mean, I have a slip up. But then when I go down there and see her picture or her picture come on my phone, I'm like, mm, sorry. Mm -hmm. like you know what I'm saying and so um the the point that I was trying to make is that I don't because you said how many people we bring to Christ so I don't look like a bible toting Christian that knows the word that's close to God because I fit the stereotype mm -hmm. right but this is what makes me who I am because I can infiltrate, you can infiltrate from the inside out. <laughs> you see what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. We can, the, 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 the things that we've gone through in our life can help us get to our future because we can be so diverse. Mm -hmm. Because I can speak your language. Because I am educated and if I need to step up and be Michelin books, then I can do that. I can be corporate too. But I can get down and talk the same stuff that anybody else talk because I am from where I'm from. Mm -hmm. You can get down with the, with the, with the people who- You see what I'm saying? And yeah. I, have a way, I have a way to bring in God to people that I don't have to say read this Bible verse. Because I know my word and I'm proficient in it, I can give it to you in my language or yours. Because they said, talk to God in your language. That's what he understands. So if I can teach people how to talk to God in their language, mm. I can teach them how to form a better relationship with God. Because a lot of people are under the misconception that if I curse, I can't pray. If I listen to trap music, I can't pray. Mm. God ain't going to listen to me because I'm an ex-felon. No, that's what man said. God said, you have a testimony. God said you have a testimony and ain't no sin no greater than the next. Mm -hmm. So when you come across these people and they judging you for what it is that you have done in your past, 
no, 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 no. We gonna, we're going to stop that. So when I give my conference, August 13th, 2022, I'm going to give a conference. And so how most people give a lunch party, that's going to be my lunch party. At minimum, I'm going to have 200 people in the building. Mm. But it's going to be everybody from all walks of life. And I just, I don't want to go towards a woman's movement. How can I? Men are dominant in my family. I have two black sons. I had a father. I have brothers. I have uncles. The success of a man is just as important to me, if not more. So I need to bring all my people from all walks of life, as many people as I can get together at one time to show them that we all cry from the same thing. We all rejoice for the same thing. We all give praise for the same exact thing. And when you look around and you're going to see somebody that's different from you, but we all the same. We all the same. No, nah, that's dope. I'll make sure I'm in attendance to that. Hey, Please, make sure yeah. y'all, y'all be on the lookout for Micheline's conference. That's going to yes. be amazing. We're going to see people. Nobody can see some Asian people, some white yes. people, black people, yes. street yes. dudes. You feel yes. young ladies yes. in the building. Yes. Yes. You feel me? Like, yes. one thing I want to definitely do with this platform is I don't say I'm bridging the gap between the church and the streets, but I mean, I know my environment. I know who I influence. I know where I come from. I didn't have to take my steps in the streets and do different things, but I got family members. I got friends. I got cousins. Kept me away from a lot of different things. Mm-hmm. But they listen to what I got to say because they like, you telling us stuff that we ain't never even knew about, but they can connect with me. They can understand mm-hmm. what I'm talking about. I can break down the concept of a private equity company or investment uh, trade fund or anything like that. So they can understand it because they would never think about it. Even the Bible, they'd be like, man, you, we like talk. They'd be like, Lamont, y'all shut up. Lamont about to talk about the Bible because he he talking about, they don't be even knowing about none of this stuff. I had one of my homies, he he reading the Bible because one thing I tell my tribe, I tell everybody, y'all can read the Bible front to back. All you got to do is read four chapters a day mm-hmm. in a year. You read it front to back. So one of my homies, he reading the Bible. He was calling me talking about Noah. He was like, man, it took him. He was, <laughs> he was, man. So he, they flooded the whole earth. I'm like, yeah, they flooded the whole earth. I was like, you got to even understand the faith part about that. No, it mm-hmm. took Noah 120 years to build the ark. Mm. People over here complaining about a five-year business. It's going to take you five years, but you're going to be a millionaire. You can right. people not supporting you. People not, man, I got homies, they make music. They talking about, yeah, man, it's just so hard. People ain't, li-. I'm like, man, if this is what God post got you to do, it's going to happen. Because ain't exactly. no word. Boy. Now, if this exactly. is what you're supposed to do, you just need to know that this is what's going to happen for you to get to your expected end. Absolutely. And if Absolutely. you ain't glorifying God doing it, it ain't going to happen anyway. Because mm-hmm. you ain't going to get blessed by God and the devil. That's a whole not- other story. You're not getting blessed <laughs> by God and the devil. So It ain't going to happen. Some people need to understand that what they doing right now not working because that's not what God want them to do. And they getting frustrated. 
You got, so I was talking to my mother about that today. I was like, Ma, I think I found out why people don't believe in God. She was like, why you say that? I was like, because it makes them have to be accountable uh, simply how they get money. Yeah. She was like, that's big. I was like, yeah, because think about it. I was like, and I ain't dogging no, no stripper, no prostitute like that, because we all fall short of glory, even though you know that ain't how you supposed to be getting it. And you just talk, you, you utilizing the phrase. I mean, we got to get it how we can, or I got to use what I got. Get it how I live, yeah. That's an excuse, honestly, because once you come to clear consciousness and understand this ain't glorifying God, you got to make a choice. Am I going to live to glorify God or am I going to live to glorify myself and run around this rave, be with all these different people, uh, identify my success with what I have? That's not going to that's not going to glorify God. And then when you get to them gates, you got to be accountable for that. So people, they rather say, well, I don't know. I'm not Christian. I believe in a higher being or I'm not this. I'm not that. I'm not this. I believe in this. And people even going to witchcraft now. Why? Because they can get results on the earth. And it's like, so basically you just saying no to Christ because you think he can't make you rich. When my daddy owned the cattle on a thousand hills. The earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. How you going to tell me that God can't do what he do? But you know, that's, that's what our job is, to bring as many people closer to God as we possibly can. But you have to, when you were saying that, when you know, you, you can't figure out your purpose you can't figure out the assignment. It will not be revealed to you and you're allowed to play with it. I can tell you, you are not going to be allowed to play with it. You are not going to be allowed to play with it. Let me tell you something. Once you know that you are here really doing God's work, things are going to start happening in your life if you're doing it the right way that you cannot deny, man, let me put it in terms people can understand. I just went through a separation, right? I looked at my light bill the other day and I have a $1,900 credit on my light bill. Don't know where it came from. I swear to you. Supernatural. I swear to you. I swear to you. I didn't get an alert. I didn't get, I went through my emails to see, did they even send me a payment confirmation? And it was recent, man. I mean, like recent, recent. Like last week, recent. And some just told me to look for my light bill because now I'm here doing this by myself. I know I haven't paid a light bill, so I don't want to, you know, get behind on my bills. I took a screenshot. And I sent it to my brother and sister. And I said, y'all, y'all wouldn't, let me see if I could, if I could pull this up. Cause I want y'all to really, really see what I'm talking about. And I said, y'all, I don't even know where this came from. So I don't even know where this came from. When I'm telling you that when you know, when you know, and you're really doing God's work, know your, your assignment. And stay the course. 
stay the course, stay the course. It's so many times, especially since this man left his house. Of course, my natural instinct is to stop driving Lyft, stop doing lashes, go back into the world, corporate world. But every time I keep hearing that voice say, you okay? You, you okay? You got, you got something to do. You got, you got something to do. So you got to stay the course. You have to stay the course. Look at, can you see this? Wait, where's it at? Right here? Yeah, I see it now. Yeah. You see it? Put it up there, right there. $1,900 payment. You see it? <laughs> I swear to you, I didn't do it. I didn't do it. I don't know who did it. <laughs> it didn't come out of my account. <laughs> I don't I don't know. I don't I don't know, but I know that it's God. I don't care who the, who the human form was. I ain't even call my ex-husband to see if it was him. It's done. It's done. No. It's done. He said, give, <laughs> give it unto you. Whoever God touch, he said nothing will he withhold from a righteous man. Hey. And I know what I do, and I'm telling y'all that. It just happens over and over and over and over and over again to the naked eye. I ain't but one month out of employment from being homeless and everything. How I do it? God. God. I've, I've accepted my assignment and these things have happened over and over and over and over again in my life, throughout my life, right? This is how I keep on like not falling. I'll be right there on the edge and he just, come on, come on, come on. Now I'm just aware that it's my father that's doing it. Amen. I'm aware now. And so when I left my husband and we broke up, I said, I don't know if you really get that I'm serious about what I got going on. But I can't be over here living in dysfunction and being over here across the street trying to change the world. Because somewhere along the way, I'm going to encounter somebody who I, I am the very one that's going to breathe life into them. And if my energy is thrown off, I could feel that assignment and you're not, that's, that's, you're not worth that. You're not worth that. So I take everything I do serious. If I said it, I meant it. Any advice that I give, know that I know 100%. I don't, I don't, I don't move off of, it might be true. Mm. I don't. I don't move off of that. I don't. I don't move off of what could be. I'm telling you that I know, like I know, like I know, like I know that this is what this is supposed to be, whatever the situation is. Because I'm always the first to say, I don't know. You can't lead if you can't follow. Mm. I'm okay with following. I'm okay with serving. I'm okay with that. And just because you know your purpose and like I said so many miracles are has been unfolding in my life I am also knowledgeable enough to know that that's not going to happen all the time stuff just not gonna just keep falling keep falling keep falling keep falling it's got to be a test because at some point in my belief at some point we'll start getting big-headed and we'll start thinking that I am God and I don't need him no more because I've got to my destination and he has a way of humbling you and keeping you humble. And so 
one thing that I'm, since I am aware of that, I don't know when my earthly success will be like, I don't have to worry about money no more. I don't know when that's going to be, right? So I just keep doing God's work and know that he's going to sustain me as long as I'm doing what he approves. Because mm-hmm. that's all that matters in the end anyway. So we so get I keep, caught up in that. We get caught up in a material thing. So many people value material when they don't value people. It's the people we need to value. It's the people we need to value. How can somebody with the same... Have you ever thought about why are we directly connected to our family? Have you ever sat and thought about that? Mm. Like, why is my mama my mama? Why is my daddy my daddy? Why mm. is my brother my brother, my sister my... I value family more than I value anything, anybody. Because there is a direct connection that nobody can deny that it was God's doing. If you think that you met your neighbor or you met your boss or you met your husband or your wife, how can you not see the value in your family? God connected you with these people for a reason. It was not by chance. By chance. These are people. We could be connected to anybody. Why did you take the time to connect me with this person? This person is what I need for something. And we may not know until we transition to the next level. We may not ever know. But I can guarantee you that if you value those people that he's given to you, that he has personally given to you, you have all that you need in this time right now. It's right around you. It's right around you. Anybody and everything you need is right around you. So if you want to change the world, start in your house. Start in your bloodline. Be the change that you want to see in your bloodline. How do you have more patience for a man that you don't even know his real last name? He could have changed his last name 20 years ago. But your cousin, because he's on crack, he ain't allowed to come in your house. Come on, make it make sense. Make it make sense. Want for your brothers, you want for yourself. If we made in the image of God, how dare you shoot down somebody's child? How? But you can love and honor somebody that you've never even seen. You can't say you have a great relationship. You respect anything that has to do with God. If you can turn around and take a life. Unjustifiably. Don't make sense. And that's what we need to get back to. We need to get back to walking like we talking. And I mean in every area. Because the word is integrity. Whatever I do to you in front of your face. I can guarantee you I'm going to do it behind your back. And if we start living with like that. We could change the world. We could change the world. How can I change your life but Kevin and Messiah never gets to see me? Mm. If I can press myself to get up and come from working and talk to you on your interview, you can believe when I cut this computer off, I have to go and deal with my boys. I can't give them I'm tired. I have to check in with them and see what's going on. And not, y'all okay? I got to go in there, get in the bed, bother them so I can feel it. They, nobody's ever going to get a better version than me, than my children. Because one thing we can't deny, the assignment is to be a parent. That's the gift God gave me directly. He gave it to me and they came through me. 
So everything that I am and everything that I stand for, I represent those children. I have to be something that they look up to. And I need to let them know the value in their family and the value of their brother. You don't need a best friend. God gave you one hand. Pick this, your brother. I told my son, if you ever got to choose between me and your little brother, you better always choose your brother. Mm. I'm okay. You better choose your brother. That's big. I ain't never heard like that. My mom was, <laughs> ain't never tell us that. It was, it was three of us. My mom ain't tell us. Hey, that's real though. Cause that's slicky. That's slicky what Jacob told his sons. Y'all better stick together. Absolutely. Because the cycle of life says we come as babies, we grow, we get old, childlike again, and we transition. Them babies going to be stuck here together. They're going to be stuck here together. They're going to need somebody to lean on. I don't know if I can be, if I will be going through what I'm able to deal with right now with losing my mom without my brother and my sister. Without my brother and my sister, I can call my brother and sister at three o'clock in the morning and tell them that I'm struggling. I'm thinking about my mama. Or I could call them at eight o'clock in the morning and tell them I'm thinking about my mama. Or I could tell my big brother who, I mean, my little brother who haven't been over my house that I don't have to say nothing, but I'm cooking today and I want you to come. He know that's cold for I need you. He not finna question. He, all right, Missy, what time you want me there? And this is one of the most busiest men I've ever encountered. He don't stop moving from the time he wake up to the time he go to sleep. But if his sisters call, everything stops. But that's, that's what my mother gave us. That was the gift that she gave us amongst other things. She gave us a sibling. And so I try to teach that to my children as well. Value your sibling. Value your sibling. And we need to get back to that. We need to get back to the family structure. We need to get back to praying together at night as a family. Mm-hmm. When things happen, we sit there, we call on God, and we go into prayer before we leave out the door. Mm-hmm. You see what I'm saying? Giving a little small prayers. My, my Godfather used to come in the house. He's eat, every time he crossed your threshold, he would bless this house and all that dwells within we need to get back to that. It's the power of the tongue. The power of the tongue. You can't believe one thing and don't believe the next. Oh, for real. We got to start speaking life into our family. We got to start speaking life into this world. We got to start speaking life into the community. Because it don't have to be the way that we see it every day. Oh, that's, that's definitely true. We got to... Like uh, one of my friends was talking about how uh, his friends, he got to see, he's he from Chicago too. And he was talking about how his mother put him in Catholic school and how he got to see another side of life. He said when he mm-hmm. go to his friend's house, he said, they don't care what's going on. Mm-hmm. They're going to stop and they're going to eat together. Mm-hmm. And when they eat, they're going to have a conversation. Everything that is going on gonna get talked about. They can bring up whatever they need to bring up. They got any questions, they got any concerns. It's our time. You feel me? No phones. We what's what's happening? How y'all doing? How's everybody doing? 
And I think that's one primary thing that we lack in our mm-hmm. households, especially like the prayer thing. That just it hit me when you just said that because it's like I was brought back to my uh, household because of some stuff that had happened with my father. So mm-hmm. I had to move back home. Father, he had three brain surgeries and like two months. So it was like mm-hmm. a, had to readjust. He he never mm-hmm. had he never really was there for me. But I was able to show him Christ, bring him back mm-hmm. to Christ. And Absolutely. then back and forth between him and my mother's house, it was like I got to see what everybody doing on a daily basis, seeing what mm-hmm. my brother's doing, see what my everybody doing. And it's like, now it's like, hey, I might have to, hey, we all about to link up. What y'all about to do? We about to, you feel me, come together, pray, speaking to each other. Like one thing that Paul said, he said that, Y'all should covet to prophesy. Everybody look at prophesying as just, oh, the, the prophet do it or whatever. No, prophesying is speaking into each other's lives, speaking, confirming, and speaking what the word says into people's lives. Mm-hmm. And when we prophesy to each other, we bring out the best in each other. Absolutely. So if we prophesy to our families, we can be able to take that, that crackhead that has that that business owner inside and we can speak to that business owner and stop speaking to the crackhead and bring it into flourishing, bring it into manifestation, teach them the skills, work on that, that discipline, that consistency mm-hmm. that hasn't been instilled in that individual just because of the root of love. First Corinthians 13 talks about love the best. If y'all need to learn about love, read first Corinthians 13. Mm-hmm. Love is patient. Love is kind. Love does not boast. Mm -hmm. You will understand how to really incorporate how God treats us into Mm -hmm. other people. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and, And I always tell people, you just gotta lead with love. You just gotta come from a place of love. You gotta come from a place of love. Especially when you know that you did nothing to this person. So if I encounter you, you don't have to be my my bloodline, my direct bloodline, but you are my brother. You're a human, right? Mm -hmm. And I don't know what you're dealing with. I don't know your trauma. I don't know your trials. I don't know how your day started. But one thing that I've practiced doing is every day, all day, that's it. Smiling. That's the easiest way to show love. The easiest way to show love is smiling somebody. You could be across the street and you could have your head down. You could be dealing with something. And I just give you the nicest smile. And you just like, okay, I don't know what she's smiling for, but okay. You see what I'm saying? That's real. Or you or you could have dealt with so much bad things in your life and you rarely see somebody smile. And if nothing more, for a slick second, you'll be like, I wonder what she got to smell about. I give you a little hope. So I learned, I learned, I learned to smile my way through a lot of things. People will be surprised. And, and, and again, your words. When people ask me how I'm doing, I rarely say good. I'm amazing. How are you? <laughs> it's, 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 it's just that. But it takes practice, and, and 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 people ask me like, "How do you stay so positive?" It's not 
easy. <laughs> it's not easy. It's not easy, but more importantly, I know that the things that I go through, I didn't do anything to cause them. I didn't do anything to cause losing my mom. Like, I just told y'all about losing my mom in 2021. My big brother died suddenly in 2019. Mm. On my birthday, he fell and hit his head. I thought that's what my nephew was calling me for. to tell me happy birthday. Seven days later, my brother was dead. That's my only brother on my dad's side. We're 10 years apart. And it seemed like I just was emotionally, life, I'm talking about, was throwing them at me <laughs> since December 10th of 2019. I'm talking about heavy hitters called COVID. Got pregnant, had a miscarriage. I've been trying to have enough. My son, 14. I was able to enjoy pregnancy for 10 weeks and I lost my baby. After that, my mother-in-law died. Went to sleep, didn't wake up. Right? After that, my mama got sick. So when mama died, I said, well, this gotta be the end. It can't do nothing but be up from here. So like I just told y'all a snippet. Like when I say I've been going through it, but I choose every day to just be happy because what can I really do? God is putting me through this for a reason, for a reason. <laughs> my son, I struggled with my son through high school. He wasn't a bad kid, but he ate his school. My baby came out on the honor roll. Mm. And I was in a position to buy him a car. Mm. Buy him a car. I didn't, I didn't, my baby didn't need to go into a car note or anything. Once I see he was on his game, I started getting on mine. Well, this is happening. This is happening. He's keeping his word. This is happening. The only thing was my mom had passed away. My mom had passed away. And he said, because we was planning him a, a graduation party. He said, I don't want to graduate. I don't, I don't want to celebrate. He said, did you, did you notice that it seemed like since my granny died, everything is getting better? I never said nothing to my son mm. about that. I never said nothing. So when he, he told me that, it has been. It has been. So I said, don't, don't walk around bitter that you lost your granny. Maybe it's granny helping us. You know what I'm saying? So I just know what God will do, man. And if you live a righteous life, you're going to go through some things. People have to accept that they're going to go through things. But if you accept the things that you can't change and change those that you can and really believe that, the things that you have the power to change, change it. Change it. If you were a woman that don't respect you and don't treat you like a man and you know that you are really, really a God-fearing man, do what you need to do, it's okay to walk away. It's okay to walk away from that job that don't respect you and you don't feel like you have no growth. I'm here to tell you that God will take care of you. If you don't like the environment that you're living in, get up and go. Even if it means moving to Racine, Wisconsin, where you got to live around people that don't seem like they have no growth. You sit in that environment for the time you need to, you better yourself and you move on. 
accept the change. Because life is supposed to be elevation. We're not trying to go to hell. We're trying to elevate, right? Mm-hmm. So I'm going to do everything I can to get closer to God. And, and, and again, it's personal for me because they said that if I, if I live a righteous life, I get to be with God. And so I know that my mother was an amazing, amazing, amazing woman of God. So that means I get to see my mama again. Mm. Because that's what it say. We will be reunited, right? Mm-hmm. That's all I needed to know. That's all I needed to know. That's all I needed to know. I'm, I'm, I want to see that lady face again. So I got to do what I got to do to get to her. Amen. I got to. I got to. Amen. Powerful, powerful, <laughs> powerful conversation with Miss Shalene. Powerful conversation. I really appreciate you coming on the platform, talking to the people, letting them know that God is your source, nothing Absolutely. else. Everything else is a resource. Absolutely. Absolutely. Powerful testimony. So my question to you is, after all you've been through, where do you see your next five years going? What, what, what do you have planned? What, what are you starting to identify as coming up for you? My next, in five years, in five years, uh, God willing, I will be 43. And the world will know me. The world will know me. I will be a household name. I, put, put me in the room. That's, that's, that's my mentality with everything. If you put me in a room, I will dominate. I will dominate. I will dominate. The world will know me. The world will know me. And I'm going to have a nasty following. A nasty following. We're going to get some more people closer to God. Amen. We're going to get some more people closer to God. Amen. Powerful. I see it too. I see it too. I ain't gonna lie to you. I see it. I see the stadiums being filled up. I see that was a word. 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 That is one of my goals. And I didn't even say nothing. You see how God give you the confirmation? Stadiums. I've even started researching stadiums to see how many seats they hold. So for you to say that. That just shows you right there. That just show you right there. Because Amen. if I could talk to one, I could talk to eight thousand. I could talk to ten thousand. Easy, <laughs> easy, easy. Man, for sure. <laughs> I, I see it. I see it. You, you touching me. You touching my soul. I know you're gonna touch these people. So absolutely. And we just really appreciate your presence. I thank you. I appreciate you having me on here and listening. Definitely. And giving me a voice because everybody who wants to talk, I want to talk. I don't care your position in life because the plan is to change the world. And I can't do that with just only talking to one person, one nationality, one race. So I appreciate you putting my voice out there, helping me along my way. Definitely. Where can they find you to to connect with you in the future? You can follow me on Facebook and Instagram at the Silent Fight Missy. The Silent Fight Missy. 
We're going to mm-hmm. put it on the screen, but make sure y'all check her out. Tap in with her. Check out her whatever she got going on, whether it's products, courses. You already know what she bringing to the table. You know what's coming. Power, power pack, power punch. It's going to take you to the next level. She's going to motivate you at an all-time high. We appreciate Micheline for coming on. We want to ask you, could you pray us out? Okay. Father God, I want to come today and say thank you. Thank you, God, for giving me a voice. Thank you, God, for creating these platforms and bringing us closer together as your people. Lord, we pray that you order our steps. Lord, we know that there is no way if it is not your way. And Lord, I thank you for humbling us and revealing to us what our assignment is. And Lord, thank you for guiding us and showing us your way because we know that it is pleasing to you because you will order our steps and we will be obedient and we will bring as many people to you as we possibly can here on earth, God. And I just pray that you continue to give us strength and keep giving us the knowledge to touch people, Lord. And Lord, just make everything that we do multiply in abundance, especially the hearts that we touch and the lives that we change. In your name, I pray. Amen. Amen. Appreciate Micheline for coming on. God is my source podcast. We bridge the gap between God, money, business, family, and relationships, keeping it real, connecting with the people, and showing people how to live an abundant life. So we thank you all for signing on. See you all next time.